Good morning, Leafs Nation. It is your host, as always, Joshua Insamo, here from the Battle Born Leafs podcast, talking to you guys today about your favorite team in the National Hockey League, your Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> it is game day against the Montreal Canadiens, as I mentioned. Uh, I can't wait to preview this game up. Uh, You know, it's always fun to go against your rivals, but we are also going to be previewing tomorrow night's game against the Florida Panthers. So you guys just get one episode previewing both games. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pause and listen to the second half of this episode on Sunday if you choose to do so. But it's better than releasing two separate episodes for you guys. Uh, You know, a lot less work for our listeners. Uh, We're also reaching career highs in terms of streams and listens and plays we are so thankful for that thank you guys so much keep it up we are going to have visuals dropping real soon uh, just in time for the playoffs so if you guys keep it up here at the battleborn leafs podcast uh you know in your support we are going to reward you with more and more and sky's the limit but with that let's go to the first trade the maple leafs made this week and that was trading defenseman travis dermott to the Canucks for a third-round pick. Just to recap this quickly, you know, as much as I love Travis Dermott and, you know, his time here in Toronto, uh, I'm really happy that he gets this opportunity to go to Vancouver. Obviously, we know Vancouver is pretty well off on the left side, but, you know, Travis can play the right side. I've actually seen him play in his first couple games here with uh, Vancouver. He's done all right. Travis Dermott's been a guy that's always had good peripherals. Uh, He moves his feet well. He's a good skater. Naturally, you know, really sound and poise um, in terms of mobility, but it's been his, I guess, mental aspect of the game that's got him in trouble at times, you know. Uh, I guess not poor play, but, you know, he has he's had his ups and downs for sure. Just hasn't really been able to crack the lineup steadily and to maintain a full-time NHL roster spot here with his favorite team as a kid, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so he's getting an opportunity to go to Vancouver, to find his game and you know a guy like him that can move his feet well I really think uh, he has certainly a good chance of becoming something somewhere else he just needs that opportunity and I think Vancouver is going to give him that so Leafs got a third round pick back I'm you know actually quite surprised they were able to get a pick in the top 90 I'll take that any day to be honest so um, you know on that end sure why not I thought they would have got something a little less but you know the Leafs move out Travis Dermott uh, so thank you, Travis, for your time here in Toronto, and I wish you the best. But, you know, it just wasn't the fit here anymore. And as much as this was his favorite team as a kid, uh, what's best for him in his NHL career is probably to take his talents otherwise, otherwhere. Sorry. But with that, the Maple Leafs did make another trade. They acquired defenseman Mark Giordano and forward Colin Blackwell in exchange for two second-round picks and a 2024 fourth-round pick. This trade was an absolute slam dunk by Kyle Dubas. He did everything he said he was going to do. He even signed goaltender Hari Satari uh, overseas from the KHL, who was claimed off waivers by the Arizona Coyotes, which was a whole disaster in itself. But Kyle said he was looking to improve in all three positions at the deadline in terms of forward, defense, and goaltending. And he was keen that he was not moving his first-round pick this year. And he did 
upgrade pretty much every position and, and besides goaltending once Atari got claimed by the Arizona Coyotes. But he did all of that without giving up his first-round pick. And he upgraded the defense massively by bringing in a guy that just won the Norris Trophy only three seasons ago. Mark Giordano is a stud, playing in his hometown now here in Toronto. Uh, you know, he already played his first game against the New Jersey Devils here on Wednesday. I'm going to be recapping that game for you guys. But, you know, what a trade deadline here by Kyle Dubas. Unfortunately, goaltending might come back to haunt us. But I have all the faith in the world in Jack Campbell. And, um, you know, Mrazek played pretty well against New Jersey. I've, st you know, I've still got a lot of faith in Peter Mrazek. I know that's very uncommon here in Leafland. But, you know, it's, uh, it's certainly a stressful position because that could easily make or break your playoff chances. And we saw what happened to the Pittsburgh Penguins last year. They were clearly the better team in that series against the Islanders. And Tristan Jari lost in that series by himself. So goaltending is certainly a concern. But Kyle Dubas, slam dunk for bringing in Mark Giordano without giving up a first-round pick. Because I really thought that's what Mark Giordano was going to go for, given the interest uh, he was reportedly receiving. But with that, let's go to the game on Wednesday night. Uh, Colin Blackwell, I'm going to touch up on him in a second. I want to give him his own spotlight because he's such an underrated player. But the Maple Leafs win 3-2 against New Jersey. Mrazek, 20 saves, got the victory. Two goals against the first goal. Uh, it's kind of tough to really blame him. It, you know, weird angle, kind of, you know, shift across the crease. Unlucky, I guess. Um, you know, they try to block off the backdoor pass. Didn't really give Mrazek a chance. So I guess you give him a pass there. But the second goal, you know, Justin Hall made that incredible save with the stick. I thought it was Peter Mrazek at first. You know, being there in attendance, I was like, holy crap, what a save by Peter Mrazek. Then I saw the replay. It was just unfortunate. Mrazek battled in that situation. They just kept whacking. And the D needs to do a better job of getting the opposition out in front of the net like that. Because that is why that puck ended up in the net. So, you know, very, very stressful situation there. That is something the Leafs are going to need to clean up majorly going into the postseason. But with that, Mikheyev's solo goal was so nice. I think that was probably his best goal in the NHL and uh, all his games played so far. Marner's really shutting up the hate. This is a guy that, you know, was receiving so much criticism, especially at the start of this year. He's always the guy that Leafs Nation picks on whenever things are going right. And Mitch Marner, the fact that he's being overshadowed right now by the guy that's on pace to become the greatest Maple Leaf of all time, yes, the greatest Maple Leaf of all time. Mitch Marner is being so undershadowed. It's ridiculous. Both his offensive numbers and his defensive numbers. You want to go analytics. Even all his peripherals are telling you the exact same thing. He is such a good player in both ends of the ice. And what he did without Austin Matthews in those two games is not talked about enough. He really stepped up, in my opinion, more than John Tavares. Certainly you know, I guess maturing into the player that we thought he was going to become. And yes, you want to have that conversation about his price tag, but man, his play is a game changer for this Maple Leafs team. And if the Leafs want to win the Stanley Cup eventually, you better believe he is going to be a key part of this roster. So anybody that's trying to move him out of town, by trading Mitch Marner, you are only getting worse. I'm just sorry, you are only getting worse. The things he does... For this Maple Leafs team that goes unrecognized. He's not even just about the points. And you know a lot of people talk about Matthews and the Selkie. I'm one of those guys as well. But Mitch Marner's defensive effort. 
is so underrated and it's time that he gets the respect he deserves so mitch marner stick taps to him because he has played some phenomenal hockey lately for the toronto maple leafs with that angfall now is kind of my third topic of this game pure angfall you know i started off the season he was a guy that i criticized a lot heavily he really gave up a lot of shooting opportunities uh in terms of i guess you know looking for that last minute pass that best pass available instead of just gripping down and ripping the shot but it seems like he's kind of got that out of his game and he's really starting to shoot the puck more and I think that's why you're starting to see him get on the score sheet more you know this goal was crucial it was at the end of the game it was a shorthanded goal in a time that you know really looked like the Devils were just going to capitalize and that was going to be you know that one of those Leaf games that the team deserved to win but they just didn't but you know Pierre Engvall came to save the day I've seen a lot of talk a lot of people are starting to give him praise now but you know Pierre Engvall his game lately is really starting to take a rise. And I'm starting to wonder, like I'm just starting to wonder, what's the ceiling for a player like him? It's clear that, you know, other teams around the league received interest in him. Um, sorry, they inquired interest on uh, Engvall from what I've heard on other podcasts and all that stuff regarding the trade deadline. And it seemed like Kyle Dubas was keen that he stays here, rightly so. That line with him and David Kampf and McCabe has been awesome. But, you know, Engvall's really growing into a player that, is going to be vital for this Maple Leafs team. And if he can just keep on growing and growing, uh, I'm really looking forward to what he can bring to this team long-term. Uh, but with that, you know, Colin Blackwell, uh, he's going to get an opportunity to go up into the lineup for sure. He is kind of that Kasha replacement right now. Right-handed shot, smaller guy, really nifty. He referred to himself as an energy bug, rightly so. He's not afraid to lay the body, even though he's not that tall at all, actually. And uh, this is a guy that, you know, he is bounced around the league. He was with the Rangers last year, actually had a really impressive season. I think he was even on their power play uh, number one unit. So, you know, he has special teams history. He can play actually on the penalty kill as well. We know that he got some time there against the Devils. But, you know, this is a guy that is going to actually be a piece to this Leafs team that they're going to need. And in the playoffs, this is a guy that, you know, can score and, you know, secondary scoring in the playoffs is something this Leafs team has lacked for a while, and it's something that a lot of teams lack when it comes to the postseason. And this is a guy that can help you with that. So a lot of people just talk as, you know, he was like a throw-on in the Giordano trade, but no, this is, you know, a pretty good player here that the Leafs were able to bring in. And, you know, Kyle Dubas said he's been trying to bring in Colin for a while now in free agency, and things just haven't gone their way. But, you know, they acquire him now, and it seems like he's happy to be here, and he played really well here against New Jersey. And I'm looking forward to what he can bring long term here as we go into this final stretch but with that let's go to the preview now against our rivals the montreal canadians so it is confirmed eric shalgren will be getting the start between the pipes tomorrow or tonight sorry at bell center um you know jake allen is expected to go for the montreal canadians we all know jake allen uh is this a potential trap game for the maple leafs and you know we looked at what happened last time uh, in Montreal things didn't go their way uh, the Canadians are 17 37 and 10 they're obviously eighth in the Atlantic things haven't gone their way at all this year uh, Allen's numbers on the year are 6 17 and 4 with a 3.13 goals against average and a 905 save percentage with two shutouts uh, you know he had a okay season last year with Montreal but this year, it just hasn't gone his way. A lot of that's been injuries. You know, nobody on Montreal is really having that great season. This team can't score, to be honest. Like, they just can't. They're ranked 32nd in the league. 
they don't shoot that much also. They're ranked 23rd in the league. Their power play hasn't been good at all. They're 30th. Uh, you know, it only goes down from there. The shooting is 29th. Face-off percentage is also 23rd. So, you know, they're not a great team offensively. And if you look at their defensive metrics, they're 32nd in goals allowed. I mean, that's kind of expected. They've had no goaltending this year. They've gone down the depth chart. Believe me, down the depth chart here in Montreal. They give up a lot of shots on goal. Their penalty kill hasn't been good at all. I guess that's expected if you give it the most goals in the league. They're 28th in penalty kill percentage. And they take a lot of penalties. They're 28th in penalty minutes. Their home record is 9-19-4. So, you know, this isn't the Montreal Canadiens team that we're used to where they're dominant at home. And, you know, it's been a frustrating year for them. But... Like, for some reason, they always, like, play hard against the Leafs. I mean, rightly so. Like, that is your rival. We hate them. They hate us. Um, But, you know, this is a very important game for the Leafs standing-wise because you have Florida here tomorrow night at Scotiabank Arena. So, you know, it is a back-to-back. Back-to-backs are tough. Shalgren versus Jake Allen is the goaltending matchup. It is going to be certainly entertaining. But with that, let's go to something I want to highlight on this Montreal Canadiens team, and that is the Suzuki line. We all know Suzuki and what he brings for the Montreal Canadiens, but, you know, his line with Anderson has, uh, you know, really taken that leap to become their first line in a way, Um, but it's all offense. They can score. They're going to trade chances with you, but it is all offense offense it's Cole Caulfield Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson Josh Anderson's on the right uh, Caulfield's on the left and Suzuki's down the middle but they are just going to trade chances with you they aren't very good in their own zone and uh, that's something that the Leafs are going to need to capitalize on I would like to see David Camp get a lot of these matchups uh, with the Suzuki line because I think if you can get Matthews going against the Evans Dvorak or Laurent Dauphin line I think you know the odds of that are pretty good and the Maple Leafs really shouldn't struggle in this game And I know it's, you know, tough to say because, you know, the Montreal Canadiens had our number last game. That was for sure. That was brutal. Um, But, you know, this is a game the Leafs shouldn't struggle in. You know, they're a playoff lock almost at this point or pretty much at this point. But, you know, they have aspirations on making it out of the first round. They have their eyes focused on the Stanley Cup final. And if you're going to struggle against the league-worst Montreal Canadiens, then I don't know what else to say. Like, their second line has Rem Pitlick, who's actually having an impressive year, but his shooting percentage is so ridiculously high that it is certainly unsustainable. So just take note of that. Whenever he shoots for some reason, it's going in, I think, at like a 30% eclipse or something. Just completely, like, insane. Uh, His center's Jake Evans, and on the right side is Mike Hoffman. Hoffman, I have respect for him, although, you know, the situations that he went through in Ottawa. The player himself is so fun to watch when he was younger, but this year certainly hasn't gone his way. Joel Armia, Christian Dvorak, and Paul B. Raw maintain the third line. And on the fourth line, we got Michael Pozzetta, Laurent Dauphin, and Tyler Pitlick. And, you know, Michael Pozzetta, he's been making a name for himself in Montreal. He's kind of like that Ryan Longberg of the Florida Panthers, who we're going to be seeing tomorrow night, but... You know, he got that call up, uh, impressed in the preseason. I remember watching him in his games against the Leafs. And, you know, he's providing a bit of a scoring touch. He's kind of that, uh, I guess, um, I wouldn't call him like kind of a game. Like, he's a problem starter. 
you know, likes to get in people's faces, kind of like their version of Michael Bunting, just one that scores a lot less and doesn't bring nearly the offensive pedigree that Michael Bunting does. So a Walmart version of Bunting, I guess. Uh, Joel Edmondson and Jeff Petrie are on the first pairing. Alexander Romanov and David Savard are on the second pairing. And Corey Schooneman and Chris Weidman maintain that third pairing. For the Montreal Canadiens, it is clear. Edmondson and Petrie are their best D. Analytically, it says that otherwise as well. Only pairing able to hold down their own versus Florida in their game on Thursday night was this pairing right here. They had an expected goals of 0.925 and expected goals against of 0.452. That is pretty good. Given the state of both teams, one team is a heck of an offensive unit and the other team is just an absolute tire fire. For them to be able to hold those numbers, they were on the ice for a goal against. It's still pretty impressive, to be honest. So with that, you know, credit to that pairing. But after that, Schooneman and Weidman pairing got torched versus Florida. And that's a pairing I'm looking for the Leafs to capitalize on tomorrow. If they play together, it was very ugly for them. Um, you know, they weren't very good together. Um, Weidman, you know, former Ottawa Senator, he's, uh, you know, went over to Europe. And the KHL had a really good offensive season. But this year really hasn't found his, I guess, NHL game long-term to see him graduate throughout the lineup. I mean, nobody here in Montreal is really having a great season. That's expected. This team isn't very good, like, at all. But, you know, it's it's tough to take this game lightly. We saw what happened the last time in Montreal. So I'm praying for the Leafs to get out on the right step, to have a hot start. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Willie Nylander, John Tavares, all the stars need to show up in this game no matter who the opposition is because if you do not get up for this game we're going to have a repeat of what happened the last time the Maple Leafs were at Bell Center and Montreal is certainly going to be amped up for this game we know the fan base is going to be into this game we know the arena is going to be loud Eric Shogren is going to make his return to the net for the Maple Leafs after what happened in Nashville this is a back-to-back start for him where the crowd is going against him and it's actually a very good fan base so if he can hold his own in bell center i mean i guess the team isn't very good but the fact of the you know the playing conditions other than that if he can hold his ground i'll be very impressed and he's going to need to have a really solid game he's going to need to have a quiet just simple game um you know let the offense take care of its thing and if you can quiet down the montreal canadians early on because one thing montreal is sneaky good at is their starts they can score pretty quickly on in games so that is something to watch out for. And, um, you know, with that, if Shalgren can have a quiet start, make sure the fan base is out of it. The Leafs should have no problem in this game. Because on paper, analytically, uh, if you want to watch, like, games on your own via eye test, it is clear the Maple Leafs are in a whole nother world compared to the Montreal Canadiens team. But if the Leafs take this game lightly because they have the Florida Panthers coming to town tomorrow night, that result is going to show. So I'm praying that the Leafs show up in this one. Uh, this is, you know, going to be a very tough game because the Montreal Canadiens, like I said, they are going to be into this game. Montreal doesn't like Toronto, and Toronto doesn't like Montreal. This is going to be fun. It's going to be a high-paced hockey game. It's going to be all offense, I feel like. I'm really looking forward to it. But with that, let's go to what I call as the Super Bowl game in terms of hockey right now, looking at regular season schedules. The first time this season, the Maple Leafs are going to play the Florida Panthers. All season long, I've talked about how much faith I have in this Maple Leafs team. How much 
I trust this Maple Leafs team. And I'm going to pause here. Okay, I'm going to pause here for those that want to pause this episode, come back tomorrow to listen to the preview. So on Sunday morning, come back and listen to the preview against the Florida Panthers. Go right now, pause, and uh, come back on Sunday. All right, so pause now. For those of you that are here, to those of you that have returned, welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. The Maple Leafs are going to be taking on the Florida Panthers for the first time this season. This is a big, big test at Scotiabank Arena. You're at home. You have the crowd. You're playing a team that everybody has said, this is the team that is going to win the cup. This is the team that is going to take the Leafs out in round one. This is the team that the Leafs should be running from. I am such a believer in this Maple Leafs team. You know that. I even I was willing to I'm willing to dye my hair if this team gets knocked down the first round. Obviously, I mean I mean like highlights and stuff like that. I'm not completely dying my hair, but you know I'll get highlights even. And you know I'm not a highlights kind of guy, so I'll get. I'm so confident in this Leafs team. This is going to be a big game. You know, Florida and Toronto, both teams on our back to back. Uh, Spencer Knight just started in Montreal, so I'm just completely guessing that Bobrovsky's probably going to play Saturday night in Ottawa. And uh, it looks like I think we're going to see Spencer Knight at Scotiabank Arena. But, you know, Florida is a team that I've watched a lot of games about, like a lot of games this year, because everybody talks about this is the team that Toronto needs to be running from. Florida is going to trade chances with you. They are going to trade chances with you. Offensively, they are going to send three down the ice, and you're going to send three down the ice as well. They are willing to trade offensive for offensive chances with you. Hand on hand. They are not afraid to do so. They showed that the trade deadline, going out and acquiring Claude Giroux. So this is a team that heavily prioritizes offense. This team could catch fire out of nothing is what makes them so dangerous. I think a lot of people give them credit for that. A lot of people talk about Barkov and Huberdo and all those guys that they have there are so elite. But this team has so many good players, role players, that can change any game at any moment. My most underrated Florida Panthers, Ryan Longberg. That guy can instigate anything. The energy he can inject into this team is unmatched. It's unmatched. We saw what he did last year in the playoffs against Tampa Bay. We saw what he's been doing this year. He's just getting better. Patrick Hornquist, playoff experience, Stanley Cup champion, back-to-back Stanley Cup champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins, drafted last in the NHL draft by the Nashville Predators. Just a pure warrior, really building his way up to, you know, I guess almost that borderline NHL Hall of Fame career, if he's not one already. This is a team that is so deep. They have Joe Thornton, former Maple Leaf last year, on that fourth line right now. I think he's actually with those two guys. So this team is so dangerous. But everybody talks about the Barkov, Verhage, and Claude Giroux line. But nobody really talks about the most underrated line in hockey. And that is the former Leaf Mason Marshmont, Lusterinen, and Reinhardt line. This line has been insane. In their game against Montreal on Thursday, they had an expected goals of 1.055 and an expected goals against of 0.084. They also led 
the Florida Panthers as a line in terms of ice time. Not players themselves, but as a line, they were on the ice for most of the game. This team uses this line in a lot more ways than the opposition thinks. And everybody looks at the names and they talk about the names. But Reinhardt, one of the best playmakers in the league. Mason Marchment, you know, when he got traded for Dennis Mulligan, at the time I was like, eh, okay, you know, analytically, Marshman's really good, but Mulligan, you know, he had that upside. That trade looks brutal now. And, you know, in respect to Kyle Dubas, at the, the trade at the time, you know, it's kind of hard to expect that was going to turn out that lopsided. But credit to the Florida Panthers and their management for recognizing the talent here in Mason because, wow, have they got it out of them. So, you know, this is a line that you're going to have to watch out for. Mason Marshman, even his shooting has become so much better than from uh, when I watched him in Toronto. And a lot of that's just growth into the player himself. But, you know, they're physical. They're hard to play against. And uh, Lou Storinen is taking the spot of Lundell right now. Anton Lundell, arguably rookie of the year, top five nomination. Actually, I think it's a lock top five, maybe even top three. He's been a stud for the Florida Panthers. But with that, let's look at their lines completely. We got Verhage, Barkov, and Giroux on line one. We got Huberto, Sam Bennett, and Anthony Duclair on line two. Mason Marshman, Louis Dorinan, and Reinhardt on line three, as I just talked about. And Ryan Longberg, Nola Chari, and Patrick Hornquist. So at the moment, um, you know, Chumbo Joe is not seeing the ice very much. Obviously, that's due to his age. But, you know, I'm, I guess we're going to see him in this one. Maybe. But, you know, this team is so deep offensively. Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett. What a trade by Florida last year. This guy has been awesome ever since he came over to the Panthers. And he just keeps on performing. And now he's playing with Jonathan Huberto, who is, like, arguably one of the most underrated superstars in the National Hockey League. Although he is a Florida Panther, I still love the way he plays. He's an absolute stud in terms of playmaking. Anthony Duclair... You know, he's bounced around from a couple teams. Highly touted prospect. Looks like he's starting to find his footing here in Florida. So good on him for that. Claude Giroux, widely respected veteran amongst the league. You know, he really wanted this move to Florida and he got it. So it's going to be interesting to see how this Panthers team does. But on the back end, Ben Sherratt, Mackenzie Weger. I want to start with them. They are so good together. And I know it's only been one game. But they were elite against the Montreal Canadiens. Looking at their analytics, whether it's expected goals, expected goals against, their Corsi, their Fenwick, their numbers are in an insane category. They played awesome together. And a lot of this, well, basically most of this, is due to the injury to their franchise defenseman, Aaron Ekblad. And Aaron Ekblad is their big D down there in Florida, runs the power play unit. Obviously, we know drafted first overall from the Barry Colts. He's an absolute stud, but it seems like he's going to be out until the playoffs. So with that, we got Gustav Forsling and Radko Gudis on pairing number two. Robert Hag and Brandon Montour on pairing number three. So, you know, this decor isn't what it is when Ekblad's playing, but they are very good still. Robert Hag, they just traded for him at the deadline. Brandon Montour, we all know his game, small. He's, you know, moves his feet well. Um, not afraid to jump up into the offensive zone. Radko Gudis, physical, hard to play against defenseman. Uh, loves to lay the body, racks up hits. Uh, you know, 
he does play that more stay-at-home role. Gustav Forsling, we know former Chicago Blackhawk and Carolina Hurricane. Uh, since he's come to Florida, has really got the opportunity to explore the offensive zone, being paired up with Radko Gudis. Usually this is their third pairing on average, but uh, they're going to be playing top four minutes tomorrow night and or uh, Sunday night, looks like. And, uh, you know, Gustav Forsling, pretty underrated defenseman. Like I said, loves to explore the offensive zone now with Radko Gudis, and I think that's why this Florida Panthers team is scoring goals at an insane rate, an insane rate sorry, because you have these defensemen that are able to jump up into the play. All their pairings are so strong. Like, Weger and Ekblad together on a pairing is, like, unmatched. Like, the stuff they can do together. But even the bottom pairing, Brandon Montour is a guy that's going to be up in the offensive play. Robert Haig's going to stay back. And, you know, that's that feeds the chemistry off each other throughout each and every pairing. And having that guy that can explore the offensive zone gives you secondary scoring from your defenseman. And when you have D that can score, that is what makes your team, I guess, a step higher than the next team. And, you know, they are getting more goals from the back than the Maple Leafs are. But the Maple Leafs defensemen are starting to get on the score sheet a lot more. And we're starting to notice that now, and we're starting to see goals come a lot better and more frequently, which is good. But, you know, the passing from Lilligren and Sandine, they have been awesome this year, but, you know, no Rasmus Sandin tomorrow night, and uh, Timothy Lilligren is going to have a tough task. So if the Leafs' defense can match the offensive opportunities that the back end of Florida creates, then the Leafs should be okay in this one. I have complete confidence in the Leafs in this one, just to double-state that. But the first power play unit for the Florida Panthers is Sam Reinhart, Alexander Barkov, Anthony Duclair, Claude Giroux, and Jonathan Huberdeau. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because they actually don't have a defenseman on the first power play unit. I found that really funny. That's something you do in, like, NHL, uh, you know, like the video game. So, you know, they don't have a D. I think that's because Ekblad's gone. I thought Uyghur would step onto that power play for sure. But, uh, you know, they went all forwards. I haven't seen that in a long, long time. Uh, but that is going to be something to watch for tomorrow night. You know, this team, like I said, they can score an insane rate and the florida panthers are seen as if not the best team in hockey then the clear number two they're first in the atlantic 43 wins 14 losses six overtime losses um like i said ekblad and lundell are out tomorrow night with injuries um you know in terms of goals the florida panthers are first in terms of shots on goal the florida panthers are first their power play is top 10 uh the shooting percentage is actually third i think a lot of that's due to Guys like Mason Marshwin, stuff like that, shooting at an insane rate uh, for how many goals they're getting. So, you know, their shooting percentage is definitely skyrocketing. But, so, hold on. Okay, so let me change perspective to the Leafs side of things here. You know, we're wrapping this episode up. If you listen to this full one-on-one go, credit to you. Like, you know, this could be a long, dragging episode um, of just me blabbing on about our favorite team in the National Hockey League. But... You know, the pairings look like they're going to be the regular ones tomorrow night. I mean, Sunday night. I keep getting mixed up because I'm doing like a double preview. Michael Bunting, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner on line one. Kerfoot, Tavares, and Nylander on line two. Mikheyev, David Camp, and Pierre Engvall on line three. And Wayne Simmons, Jason Spence, and Colin Blackwell on line four. The D pairings look like Morgan Riley and Leah Bushkin. TJ Brody and Justin Hall. And Mark Giordano and Timothy Lilligren. And in this game, Mrazek will be between the pipes. 
So we know the Leafs now are a very puck possession based team. That's how they want to play. That's how their system shows. They usually have, you know, a system where it's more cycle the puck, hold on to it, find the best opportunity, then take it. It's a system that seems very common to the outside, but once you dive into it, it's a lot more complex. Um, you know, they have D that like to get active on the rush. We see that a lot with Morgan Riley. Um, you know, we see it a little bit with the Sandine and Lilligren pairing when they're together. But, uh, you know, since Mark Giordano has came in to replace Sandine, we don't really see that from the back end. So that's what I'm starting to wonder how this Leafs team is going to do this tomorrow night. But, but there is one thing the Leafs could target in this game here, and that is faceoffs. And, you know, I talk about a lot about faceoffs on this podcast, and that is because of how, you know, how much the Leafs depend on puck possession in their system. And they're 40, 18, and 5. They're second in the Atlantic. This is a very good hockey team, meaning their system is effective. So they are first in faceoff percentage. The Florida Panthers, believe it or not, are actually 27th. So there's a pretty fine, fine, fine margin there. I don't think a lot of people realize that. The Maple Leafs also have a way better penalty kill, and they also take a lot less penalties. So that is, those are areas where the Leafs need to take advantage of because, you know, a lot of people talk about the big, bad Florida Panthers, but in terms of, you know, the playoff history and all that stuff, they are just as bad almost as the Maple Leafs. If these teams do meet in round one, I'm comfortable with this matchup. I'm I, That might be bold, but I am, to be honest. I think this is a better matchup than Tampa Bay. You want to play Vasilevsky? I mean, Tampa Bay, like I said, they're struggling without, you know, Barclay Goudreau and Blake Coleman. I talked about that in the first ever episode of this year. But, you know, that's still a good hockey team. And in the playoffs, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Stamkos, Braden Point, Anthony Sorelli. You want to play all those guys in a playoff series after they're coming off back-to-back cups? No, thank you. Nope, skip that option. Then you get to Florida or Boston. Boston, I think it would be really cool to slay the Demons. But, man, that is not a team to be taken lightly at all. They've overcome adversity this year throughout injuries, throughout goaltending problems. They had a really slow start. They really found their footing. They're humming. And they got themselves right back into this conversation. But the Florida Panthers and Toronto Maple Leafs is going to be heck of a contest. They are going to trade chances with you. They just are. That's how Florida plays. It is all offense. And yes, they are responsible in their own zone. They like to be physical. Um, but this is a team that, you know, they're, they're really set up to make a good run. Um, I'm expecting Spencer Knight to start this one. I think Bobrovsky is going to get the one tomorrow, but the Maple Leafs are 23-7-2 at home, okay? The Florida Panthers are 17-8-6 on the road. They are clearly way better at home. The Leafs have the advantage tonight. I know they're going to be without Jack Campbell, no Jake Muzzin, but to take on the Panthers on the road without Ekblad and, I guess, projected without Lundell, the Leafs should win this one. I hope the Leafs win this one. This game is going to be so fun to watch. I actually cannot wait. I cannot wait to watch this game. This is going to be entertaining from puck drop right to the final second. And, you know, 
this is going to be a game that it is either going to be talked about in a good way for a long time or a bad way for a long time. I'll just leave it at that. So just to recap, the Leafs need to stick to their puck possession-based game. If you have the puck and you keep the puck out of Florida's hands as much as possible, you're going to be successful. The Leafs need to have their stars on point. Depth scoring is going to be really important in this one. We know Florida can get goals from basically every player in their lineup. Ryan Lomberg and Michael Bunting is going to be so intriguing to watch. They play a very similar game. Obviously, Michael Bunting again, way more offensive upside. But the Leafs' depth scoring is going to need to come in this game. And I'm talking about that fourth line. Colin Blackwell, Jason Spence, and Wayne Simmons need to get some points. Because when you're playing a team like Florida that's as deep as Florida, that just kept adding at the deadline, if you're going to play Boston or Tampa, or if you want to go to the Metro and play the Carolina Hurricanes, if you want to play the Rangers or the Penguins, who just guys top to bottom that can score, it's going to be tough. And Mrazek's getting the start. I haven't really talked about him yet. Mrazek needs to perform. If Mrazek has a great game on Sunday night at Scotiabank Arena, I will be in attendance for that. Then I think that is a massive jump. If he can just maintain a solid game, if he's perfect, he's perfect. If he is a disaster, that is going to be a real problem. But this game is going to be exciting. I cannot wait. This is probably the funnest weekend for the Leafs that we've seen all regular season. The Florida Panthers, Toronto Maple Leafs is going to be so high-paced. It's going to be crazy. This is a must-watch game. It's a must-watch game. This is a potential playoff matchup. And that's why my tone of this podcast episode talking about the Florida Panthers here in the second half has been so, I guess, dark and monotone. And that is because we're getting to that playoff talk now. And this is where we need to see the progress from this team this year from this team last year. Go do it. Go on the ice Sunday night. It's a back-to-back. Florida's on a back-to-back as well. They're the away team in both games. Go out there and take it to them early. Get the home crowd behind you. You are in your building. So play like it. That's all I can say. Stick to your system. Depth scoring is going to need be it's going to need to be important. And Mirazik's going to need to save pucks. If that all happens, Leafs got this game. Leafs got this game. This is a round one matchup. It is going to be intense. Believe me, it is going to be intense. But I'm sticking with my gut. I am. I'm sticking with my gut. I think this Leafs team has been hurt. I think the battle scars are all over guys like Matthews. And I think it's starting to grow on Mitch Marner. And they just have something different. They have that spiciness of Michael Bunting's play. They're a little bit deeper offensively this year. They have a David Camp who can shut down the league's best. Mikheyev and Engvall are slowly progressing to be secondary scoring threats. John Tavares, if he's at you know, the JT rate that we know, Mitch Marner continues his awesome performance offensively and defensively. Michael Bunting just keeps scoring. Kerfoot, you know, just keeps doing his thing. I'm so good at so many things out of Kerfoot. Love that guy. And the fourth line, 
They can play physical, create more chances than chances they give up, which is something they've struggled with this year. The back end is deeper than last year by a long shot. Mark Giordano changes that outlook. Jacob Musson's on the cusp of coming back. Hopefully Sandin can come back this year because, you know, when he's on the ice wearing that blue and white, he's an absolute stud. Morgan Riley needs to find that offensive surplus in his game again. He needs to get on that score sheet. When Morgan Riley's on that score sheet, this Leafs team is firing on all cylinders. When this Leafs is playing its best hockey, when this sorry, when this Leafs team is playing their best hockey to start this year, Morgan Riley was a huge factor in that. The points need to come from the defense. They do. And that's more from just Morgan Riley. I'm talking top to bottom. Secondary scoring is important. I can't stress that enough against a team like Florida. I think we're getting to the end of this episode. It is going to be one heck of a hockey game. You guys better be watching. You better be watching. Because this is going to give us a taste of what May could bring. So, with that, I think that leaves us to the end of this Battleborn Leafs podcast episode. Thank you guys for sticking with me the whole ride. I know this episode has had a lot of ups and downs. But you know what? This is the Toronto Maple Leafs. And what describes them better than the ups and downs? What describes them better? Go Leafs go. Check out all the social media platforms, especially the TikTok. Go check out the TikTok. Battleborn Fan Talk with 2Ks. Go check it out. Tons of coverage, guys. There's articles on the website for you guys to read. Uh, we are going to have visuals coming up real soon, especially in time for playoffs. So you know what? I think this Leafs team is special. I hope you do too. That's all from me. Have a good night.